welcome to the Luna Pod, where we talk all things K-pop. I'm Brickell. And I'm Brooke. And today we're going to be talking about my old bias, Min Yoongi. And I just wanted to note that we're releasing this episode on BTS's 10th anniversary. Just excited we can talk about my old and celebrate. Now, I love Yoongi, but I do not know a lot about him as a person. Mm -hmm. So Brooke is going to be taking charge of this podcast episode quite a bit today. So I am also going to be learning all about your old bias. Yes. I'm very smiley because I love him and I'm nervous. (laughs) That is the epitome of an old bias right there. So this man has many names. You may know him as Suga, or you may know him as August D. Now he is a member of BTS. He's their lead rapper, but we'll get more into that later. Just more about him and his personality. He is a very quiet and reserved person, but he can be blunt and straightforward when need be. He sounds a lot like you. Love that. Yeah, wow, that makes sense. (laughs) And I feel like that's why I lean towards him a lot as well. I feel like everyone watches those like get to know BTS or get to know whoever like whichever we idol watch those all the time i watch those all the yeah. time yeah and when i first started watching it there were so many that were saying that yoongi was like cold or like he's savage blah 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 which is i get where they're coming from and i get it like the whole rap thing being savage yes but it gives people sometimes the wrong idea about him and they view him differently from the beginning without even diving more they're like oh he's cold like i don't like him i like the cutesy kind you know I remember when I was first learning about BTS, I kind of had a very similar experience where when I first saw him, I didn't think he was mean necessarily, but he did seem very reserved, which isn't a bad thing. But then the second I actually started to get to know him, he's so funny. And he's giggly all the time. Like, it's just, it's just a narrative that comes along with some people. But he is a very caring person, just might be in a more subtle way. He's a lot more sociable than people give him credit for. Like, I've seen so many clips of him at award shows and he's always interacting with other idols. Like, idols constantly come up to him. He's a very likable person, so this narrative does not fit, obviously. And he has this toy poodle, Holly. He's so cute. He's tiny, he's precious, and he's like a light brown. And the photos of him with Holly is the most precious thing. I remember it was like, it was a while ago, someone just mentioned his dog. They just mentioned Holly's name. And he's like, oh, Holly. And he was like, just so, he like literally melted. Why is this the first time I'm ever hearing about this? Let me pull up a photo. Pause real quick. Hold on. Min Holly. Isn't he Min Holly? Yeah, this is Min Holly. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, you're kidding. That's the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. So that's his child. I'm pretty sure, wait, wait, wait. It's hitting me now that I'm like talking about that again. I'm pretty sure that he like kept a diary about his dog, like Holly doing this or like dad gave holly this like it was like really really it was adorable i'm oh, pretty sure that's a thing my gosh i'm i listen we're only like three minutes into this episode right now how are you not in love with min Yoongi? i am yeah because i just i randomly had like a deep dive with like idols and their dogs at one point and i discovered that and i love be. it yeah, yeah it is but anyway he is just very caring if you watched in the soup he mentioned that he doesn't even like fishing but he does it because Jin loves to that is precious literally what a good I, friend i, like, I hate oh fishing i could never but he's sweet enough to do it right for Jin, i get it i'd well, also fish for him yes yeah and i feel like whenever i was doing like deep dives and stuff when i was first getting into him and bts i was so into soap which is j-hope and sugar they have the most beautiful friendship it is the perfect example of opposites attract he's very reserved and quiet j-hope not at all no <laughs> 
Well, and I feel like I've heard of this before. He's kind of an energizer for Yes, yes. Yindi. So that's like something that he said before. He's like, oh, I'm going to get worn out if he's not around. Like, he's like my vitamin, which is Aww. so stinking cute. Like, there was a time earlier on where I think the rest of the boys had gone home for New Year's, but Toby was at the dorm by himself and Yungi called him and like asking like how he was. He's like, oh, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm by myself. And a while later, Yungi shows up and brings food and You're hangs out kidding. with him. That's so sweet. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, their friendship is the cutest thing ever. And in a run BTS episode, they lost a challenge. I think it's, like it's one of the earlier episodes. They lost a challenge. And so the two of them didn't have as much food as the rest. And Yungi gives up his food and gives it to Hobie. And he was like, aren't you going to eat? He's like, no, I'll be full just watching you. I could sob. That is like husband material right <laughs> there. What on earth? Like I could literally Aww. cry so hard. And then just like with his fans in general, it was on his birthday and I can't remember what exactly, it might've been before like a fan sign. He made 300 stickies like with just like notes that he wrote for every fan and snacks, passed them out. And he was like, oh, I want to make sure everyone's notes different. Like I gotta, I gotta start thinking about stuff and like he, more people showed up than expected. So he wanted to write more, like what? it was crazy. He hand wrote over 300 yes. individual messages. I'll, I'll bring those receipts too. The keyboard clacking is <laughs> Like, right. to find messages. this? Fans. That's insane. Yes. Wow. And he, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, this is very early on. Yeah, it's early days, early days. Because they even think, like, 300 people would even show up to this wow. fan sign. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. My hand hurts just thinking about that. <laughs> and during, like, these fan signs and, like, whenever they're meeting all their favorite idols, they'll ask questions on stickies and kind of have them, like, check off answers and so a lot of them were asking like, what's your ideal this, this, this? And they were asking like his ideal height or like a style outfit girls wear or like weight. And he checked all the options for height. So like nobody was excluded. And then he checked all the options for style. So like cool, cute, sexy, casual. So like if somebody isn't one of those things, they don't feel like left out by that. Aww. And whenever they asked about weight, he put a higher one just so nobody would be excluded, which is so freaking sweet. Yeah, it's amazing. And like make sure like his fans aren't insecure. Yeah. I know that question trips up idols a lot. Yeah. So that was a really great way of going about it. And then there's just times where he's been a little more charitable and like on his birthday, he'll donate. He's donated like hundreds of thousands to the hospitals to for kids that have cancer and like their treatment, earthquakes and natural disasters in Korea. It's just a very kind man. And there has been times where he kind of has made a stand against the K-pop industry and kind of just saying like, sometimes these artists are treated as products. And if you treat people as a product, there's no room for creativity whatsoever. There are some companies that might be more pushy or in my words, like blackmaily, in the sense of saying like, I made you. And as long as you do as you're told, you'll make it. And that's kind of like a narrative that they're told sometimes. And so he was just kind very- Kind of darker part of K-pop Yeah, there. so he was just very against that and like kind of being vocal about that. That makes a lot of sense to me because I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but he's very brand when it comes to hot topics yeah. in his music. So I'm intrigued to see more of that, but that makes a lot yeah. of sense for him. And going into him as like a producer, he is kind of a very big sought after producer in the K-pop industry. And he's produced many songs for other people and he's had multiple collabs. And he produced a song for Saran, Wine, which sold over half a million digital downloads and won Best Soul R&B Track of the Year at the 2017 MMA. And very popular collabs that he's done is with IU. He did her song 8, which was very popular and won Best Collaboration at the 2020 MAMA. And then they collaborated for his most recent 
recent comeback for People Part 2. And then the most iconic, Psy That That. Oh, everyone knows Psy is that I was that. not expecting that whatsoever. I remember us being in our old apartment, mm-hmm. sitting on the floor watching this. Oh, I screamed. Yeah. The way he dropped in. Absolutely I think, iconic. I feel like it was originally, whenever they teased that, I think it was originally like, oh, he's just producing it. But then yeah. they were like all featuring. And then the music video, he literally pops in from the sky. Literally. <laughs> yeah, that was everything. And this one won awards as well. It got Best Collaboration and Dance Performance at 2022 Mama and won Digital Song Bonsang at the 2023 Global Disc Awards. So happy for them. So proud of them. Very much deserved in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And some of my personal favorite collaborations have been with Max and Halsey. Max's Burn It on Yoongi's album. I was not expecting Max to be on that. Like, I feel like at that time, I was into Max when I was younger from Nickelodeon, if any of you know. And so I didn't register. It was him at first. But when I did, that made the song even better because like I had a connection with the person that was on there. That was an amazing collaboration. And then they also did a song for Max's album, which is Blueberry Eyes. Beautiful song for him and his wife. I Absolutely love loved those it. songs. We watched the music video recently. <clears throat> yeah, it is we did. so cute. And the both of them learned Yoongi's Korean verses so that they could lip sync it the entire time. Like, they did amazing. It's so impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then on Halsey's album, they did Sugar's Interlude is absolutely stunning. But now recently, and since BTS is working on more solo stuff at the moment, they're being given opportunities individually. So one of the most recent ones and kind of shocking, but makes perfect sense was him becoming an NBA ambassador. Yeah, that was... Again, exactly <laughs> it was a shock to my system, shock, but, but I was so excited about that. That makes the most sense. Yeah. He loves basketball. Just, it's a very fitting thing for him. I mean, one of the names he goes by is literally derived from basketball, so that yeah. makes so much sense. So, like, sense. Sugar comes from his position in basketball shooting guard, so... So fitting. And then now he's recently a Valentino ambassador as well. This has had me in an early grave. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Wow, good for him. Valentino Min Yoongi. Hot. And so kind of getting into just his background in the music industry, we have to start with his underground rap scene. Now he's been making and producing music since about 13. He was 13? Yeah. Oh, oh, so we're we're going way back. Yeah, we're starting early. Whoa. Like, he was in middle school, like, writing lyrics in the back of the classroom. He has now been producing music for for longer. I mean, it's almost in, like, three years. It'll be... For over a majority of his life. 20 years, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, he grew up in Daegu, and they had this group called D-Town, and they would just go around and perform... And they rap and just honestly like spread and like celebrate rap and hip hop. That is so cute. It's really this really tiny cool. Thirteen year old also D Town. That's yeah, freaking that cute? adorable. It reminds oh my gosh, me Fortown. of Fortown. Fortown. That's exactly what I was gonna say from the Turning Red. I didn't even make that connection. It's hilarious. It's so funny. If it's not confusing enough that he has three names now, he has four because back then he went by Gloss. 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 Because apparently his name translating like means gloss or shine. Oh, how fancy. Yeah. Okay. Gloss. gloss. That's sexy of him. That is. There's an account called Gloss Hands and it's hot. <laughs> gloss Hands? Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> and so during this time, he produced and composed a song called 518-062. So 518 was the date, May 18th, and 062 is the area code of Gwangju. 
it's literally two days from now anniversary wise oh it's crazy okay. that's so cute this was like a very deep meaningful song so in that's 19, on brand for him yeah so in 1980 there was an uprising in Guangzhou when students were taking a stand over like martial law because they were closing universities like banning political activities and suppressing the press at this time and it led to like disaster massacre horrible situation oh and so they just wanted to bring like awareness up to it and like talk about it basically and this 13 year old i don't know if he was writing, 13 at the time but like just within but this his, baby yungi but it's yeah is basically a baby this. pre-debut yungi did this that's incredible yeah and then other like random songs pre-debut songs that some people might know dis swagger and dream money very, well, very little rapper. rapper. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. And so kind of like a little bit about his big hit journey and like getting into big hit. He attended a rapping competition. He found a flyer. And I think the rapping competition was called like Hit It, I think. And so he went and auditioned. I think he got second. But then they basically like were like, yeah, let's sign you on as a like producer and trainee. And so originally he thought he was just going to be a producer. Like that was kind of the idea was he was going to be a producer and focus on his like rap and lyrics. But then that he doesn't need to dance. Jokes on this boy. Because it ended up being, like, yeah, we're going to be an idol instead. Like, you you can be in the group. So he was the second member added. Wow. Yeah. I, backing up a little bit, he found a poster. This like, is, what? I, like, did he found, like, where did he find this poster? Because I know at one, he did move to Seoul at one point. So I'm assuming it was after he moved. Because you're telling me they had just, like, a little like poster up in his little hometown. Just, like, that's that crazy some kid was like, yeah, I'm just going to go and, like, rap and... That's crazy. I mean, also, that's probably a cultural thing, too, but I'm that's like, true. that's just wild to me. I know. I was, I've been reading one of my favorite books lately, and there's this scene where the main character is trying to get a ticket to this show, and he literally, by gut instinct, they decide to rip up a bunch, because they have to distribute tickets mm-hmm. to a bunch of different people. He puts these tickets in a bag with a bunch of paper that's cut the same size, and he, like, dumps it in the air, and this kid, instead of trying to frantically look for the ticket, closes his eyes, sticks his hand out, and then on gut instinct, closes his hand, mm-hmm. gets the ticket. That is the vision that I am getting. For you being like, you know what? Gut instinct, this poster. Yeah. I'm just gonna go and like, wow, that's it. Literally changed his life. Yeah, just one competition. It's crazy. And then at this point, we're debuted. We're in BTS. Life is being great. And we had this interview. If you're familiar with BTS and their beginning, you'll know what interview I'm talking about. I'm not gonna mention names because I don't want to. This interview gets everyone riled up so easily. Now, the only members who attended this interview were RM and Suga because the hosts of the interview were either in the rap scene, hip hop scene. They were just going in on the two of them for no reason. They're just talking about the hip hop scene and like what is in the hip hop scene, like what is Bangtan Boys? Like, what are you? within this genre. Cause you're saying this album has a lot of hip hop influences, but like your idols. Oh, so they're trying to say like, that's not y'all's business. Yeah. They're talking about their album release, which had a lot of hip hop influences. You know, we've listened to the early BTS albums. That's the vibe they have. Very much so, yeah. And these guys were saying hip hop is more than a genre. That's a rap album that you have, not hip hop. Mm-hmm. And going in on that. And saying the culture is very manly, but you're on stage wearing makeup like a girl. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this was before K-pop was yeah really more mainstream. I forget that all that's changed so much throughout the like because that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so they're basically questioning like if their music even belonged in the hip-hop genre, even though both RM and Suga had so much credit towards themselves before debut. Yeah, that's they were in that scene. I understand why this gets people riled <laughs> Literally. up. Literally. And one guy was trying to like remember 
Sugar's name and called him Sugar instead. He said it correctly the first time, and then the next two times he said Sugar. So and just then, trying to be. Yes, exactly. Rude. And so they're basically saying they had like this conversation about, oh, I was struggling at this time. It's hard out there, like when you're in this underground rap scene and trying to make a living. Like Yungi literally even discussed how, like, I was in that same boat. Like I was starving most nights. I would sell songs. They wouldn't even make tin won. It's not even like wow. a penny. He would literally be making absolutely nothing. And these guys were saying, y'all were on the same path as us, but you couldn't win over that temptation. The temptation, I guess, to make money. So then he's over here asking like, oh, are you temporarily just doing this to make money? Because what matters is endurance. Acting as if these boys didn't have the endurance to make it through these things and stick it out. Acting almost as if being an idol or like joining this company was an easy way out for them. Yeah, there's just a lot of like prejudice and yes. like pride there that yes. they were- And so, like, at this point, RM was doing most of the talking. He was doing amazing, very, like, reserved and still being way nicer than I would have. He was being like, oh, I can see, like, both sides, blah, 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 but defending himself within it. And you could see, like, Yoongi getting pretty annoyed. And then this guy is like, what is it you want to rap? Yoongi picks up that mic and he's pissed. Like, what are you- The wrath of sugar, right? Literally. He was just getting mad because I'm like, rap is all about your lyrics, your story, all this stuff. And then for them to be like, oh, what do you want to rap? Rude. Mm -hmm. Rude. And he was like, I want there to be a link between underground and major. And that guy probably didn't agree with that. He's like, I want there to be a link. I was struggling. I'm still struggling. Like, it's a process. And in my brain, it makes sense. If it's something you're passionate about, you should be able to live off of that. Exactly. And he's like, as a rapper, you write these lyrics with your own like stories and emotions. He just wanted his voice to be heard. There's nothing wrong with taking this route in order to have that done. It just came off as such like a hateful and they didn't even listen to the album. They said they didn't after all of this. They're interviewing them and they didn't even listen exactly. to the album. Yeah, they should have turned around. It was just really frustrating. Out. I absolutely hate that interview. I love that the boys stood up for themselves and did it like as respectfully as possible. But it was just like so demeaning to like the whole idol industry and anyone who's like in hip hop or rap. Right. Yeah, and since we're talking about being a rapper and writing your own lyrics, one of the most beautiful songs to me is First Love. Don't know if you like remember it off the top of your head, but it's about his deep love for piano, which he started at a really young Aww. age. The song kind of talks about how like when the piano's height was taller than him, he just wanted to reach out and touch the keys kind of thing. Like he That's was cute. When I heard the yeah. title First Love, I was like, oh, romance, because I'm no, so it's a, used his to His first it's love piano. was piano. That's it's really so sweet. <laughs> and so he was just really eager to learn and just happy looking at his piano. But then at a point when he was then taller than his piano, he kind of neglected it and just didn't really see, not see the significance, but realize its significance in his life. And then the song's just him kind of almost talking back and forth with his piano. It's like the piano is saying, don't worry, like even if I leave, you'll do well on your own. You don't fully, oh I could cry. Oh my gosh, I could cry too. The chills that just went down my arms. That is so lyrical and poetic it is. and beautiful. It's stunning. And then it's basically saying like, don't let go of my hand forever. And he was like, I I won't let go of you ever again, like, or ever either. It's just Aww. like the sweetest thing ever. Just remembering your first love that is the piano and you might grow and move on and stuff, but. I have literal like, chills. Like that's where it started yeah, for him. Like, oh, that's crazy. It's so beautiful. That is absolutely <laughs> stunning. That just proves to me that he is such a true and real writer. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. he's not writing that same stuff that we're hearing all the time. Yeah, he's, exactly. meaning, he's writing something that means so much to him personally, and mm-hmm. it's so poetic. That's incredible. 
That literally makes me want to sob. Does someone have <laughs> fan art about this? Because I mean, he literally plays the piano, so you don't even. True. I want fan art though. I want some pretty fan <laughs> art of Baby Sugar growing up with his piano. He has written, produced, and composed so many songs throughout the years. As of May 2023, he has 156 songs attributed to him as a writer wow. and composer. He's writing all the time, obviously. <laughs> and with his solo work, his writing would become more personal for himself since all of his own stories. So in 2016, he released his first solo mixtape. So this wasn't produced by the company. It wasn't one that was going to be like heavily advertised, heavily promoted. Yeah, promoted. heavily promoted. It was just simply his own mixtape that he just created himself and wanted to share. Good for and him. Yeah. And so that one's titled August D. And ah, the introduction yes. of August D. <laughs> yes. What I love is in the song, August D. Everyone kind of relates it back to that interview. Again, it can be kind of basically any hater, but. A diss track. Yes. I love of that. course. Because he says some say it was easy to reach this position, F you. <laughs> that feels like a direct. That seems attack. like a link. The dots are connecting already. He said, I'm a thorn in the eyes of those youngs who have no chances of becoming successful. And then he said, He's too big for K pop. He's bigger. He's beyond it. And he can't be contained within this category. So he has just done so much already within this industry that he is beyond the bubble that is k-pop i guess is what right. he's saying he's bigger than all of this yes. anyway yeah that's he's got some killer lyrics he does and then he's saying that you wasted rappers should be grateful i'm an idol basically oh. taking himself out of the equation so that they have a chance wow oh my gosh <laughs> that's iconic literally you don't want to get dissed by august d honestly that is you're never recovering yeah <laughs> Never recovers. Uh -uh. <laughs> so that one, of course, is very hard hitting. He needs to get that out. Yeah. yeah. But again, with him being such an amazing, caring person and being more emotional than people expect, he has so many songs that are very mental health forward. Oh, wow. That I love so much. So obviously, with his most recent comeback, the song Amygdala or Amygdala was a very emotional song, but he's had ones that have been very deep like that before, like The Last, which he talks about his depression, like OCD, social anxiety, and kind of also alludes to self-harm as well. And he kind of just talks about on the other side of his famous idol rapper stands his weak self and that nobody, like not even his parents that he references like in that part of the song, understands him because he can't even understand himself. That's so deep. That's crazy that he's talking about these kind of things. I feel like mm -hmm. you don't hear that a lot. And then with the more recent one, Amygdala, Amygdala, he goes into more of the hardships with his mother's heart condition, like having heart issues and his father's cancer and his accident. Where like, if you don't know, he had an injury. He depicts it in the music video as a delivery driver where he gets into an accident and hit by a car oh and injures God. his shoulder. And I have heard about his injury. I didn't know that's how it happened. Yeah, and so he kept it a secret. Didn't tell anyone. So that's just like that pain and the injury itself is just building up through all these years as he's doing performances and dancing with the wow. group. And then- So he's not only talking about mental pain, but he's talking like about physical literal Physical yeah, exactly. Too. And then it wasn't until November 2020 where he had his shoulder surgery. And so he was on a two month hiatus and he was missing performances, but the boys would always leave an empty spot for him. Aww. So they would have certain moves where they would like turn around, like an on. They would turn around and put their arms around each other's shoulders, but they would leave an empty spot for him. They wouldn't change dance positions for performances. They would just always leave that empty hole that you could see. And they even had a hologram Yoongi 
Oh my god. At one point, which was freaking everything. It was hilarious. Like, it tripped people up a good bit. That's amazing. <laughs> but he did have his comeback in at the 2021 Golden Disc Awards, and it was absolutely stunning. We watched it just recently because I, like, remembered about it. And it always makes me so emotional because they had, like, the orchestra version of Black Swan playing. And then all the boys kind of come down from the stage and up rises Yoongi. Now, me personally, I didn't know this was happening. Don't know if anyone else knew that this is when he was coming back, but just that visual of him rising up to the stage and then there's these giant metal wings just perfectly around him. It's the most beautiful stage it I've is. come back, whatever you'd call that, the reunion. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. That was kind of just like a little derail there, but basically that story is a part of how he was feeling things were just very out of control and wondering if any of the choices he was making was right at the time and just feeling completely lost. And in the music video, there's just a scene where there's a stage and like things on the stage, like the furniture, and like even his clothing's of like a lighter color like grays and whites but the rest of the set is pitch black yeah. kind of just like encompassed by your dark thoughts and they're on a loop which he shows in the music video just going on a loop and later on he has that delivery driver self rushing to the door like trying to save his mind self like him just yeah. caught in his brain oh, and the visual just so like sad and heartbreaking to watch because like he couldn't get into the door and like he's just left on the floor like sprawled out trying crawling his way to the door to try to get out of his own thoughts it's just it's crazy stunning. Now, I remember watching this music video, and keep in mind, I do not speak Korean, and I didn't know a lot of this backstory until right now, but when I was watching it, I was in stunned silence. It's so emotional and incredible, mm -hmm. because he, as an artist, is getting across that emotion to anyone listening purely through the music and the sound of it, and it's absolutely stunning. And I could tell that something really personal and deep and raw was coming from him, from that music video and from the song, without really knowing much about it. Also, I want to say this. A lot of his songs are very raw and emotional and dark and talking about really serious issues and things that he went through, but I never feel like it makes me feel bad. It doesn't make me feel hurt or anything. Like some sad music you'll listen to and it kind of just makes you feel worse and it feeds into that emotion. With all of Yoongi's music, I feel seen. I feel heard. Yeah. I feel relieved. It's almost like attention being lifted off when I'm hearing him sing about these things. So don't be worried if you're hearing us talking about a lot of his darker lyrics and hardships that he's going through because I don't think his music makes people sad or makes them upset. It does yeah, it makes you the feel opposite. And yeah. yeah. One of the lyrics from that song that I absolutely love is what didn't kill me made me stronger and I begin to bloom like a lotus flower again which is so such a beautiful visual because lotus flowers grow in the mud. So they have to go through the grime and all this hardship just to like bloom and grow and become beautiful. It's a great visual. And other songs I'd like to mention that kind of have these same like connotations are Interlude, Set Me Free, Strange, 28, and So Far Away. These are just kind of all about becoming an adult and kind of almost forgetting what we wanted and feeling blue about days and just feeling sad. And there was a time where he was saying he felt like he was like crawl like his days were crawling on the ground while another flies in the sky. So I kind of interpreted that as like his day is he feels like he's just like crawling, trying to get through. Whereas like a day that could have been beautiful or somebody else's beautiful day, like just passing by in the sky and like the complete Oh, opposites yeah. just passing by it's like one of those things where like visually like inside the house everything's bad but you look out and it's beautiful but you can't get there kind right. of thing yeah that's such a 
I don't know how many times I'll say this in this video, but he's <laughs> so poetic in the way that mm -hmm. he's able to put words together. Like you said, that visual is just an incredible way to look at the situation. Mm-hmm. The one that really connects with me, especially being the age that I am, is everyone is running, but why am I the only one still here? And it's just you feeling so stuck and lost in your life and not really knowing if you're making the right decisions or what path you're taking is like the right one and your friends or your family just feel so ahead of you and you just feel stuck behind. Now, we need to say this. We previously recorded this entire episode <laughs> and somehow the audio got lost and it's we were so upset about it because this first run through of the audio was so emotional brooke re literally broke down into tears yeah. when talking about this yeah this is the part where i basically kind of just like lost it and started crying because you know sometimes you do feel like that like i have friends from home like they feel like they're in such i guess a better place than i am or like ahead of me and i don't know it's just hard to not compare your life to your peers and like where you want to be and then people are already like quote unquote, ahead of you. Right. It hits so personally and so deep. And I just wanted anyone listening to know that this first run through was so emotional like that, because I feel like mm -hmm. that's so important to understand. Your old biases are your old biases for a reason. And I feel like that's a prime example of if they're able to comfort you in such deep ways like that, that's an ult. <laughs> like some lyrics that I kind of found like a theme from a few of his songs where he talks about like florals in a way, I guess, of a metaphor. Yeah, so you're already, a big flower fan. Yeah, I love so. a flower. <laughs> and so I mentioned earlier like bloom like a lotus flower again but there's one where he said polarization is the ugliest flower in the world Ooh. so like two contrasting ends bridge poor like all these like yeah. different systems that you're put into and then another one was there's two versions of this but i prefer like the latter so you will fully bloom after all the hardships and then the one that i prefer is may your trials end in full bloom that is genuinely the most beautiful lyric i've ever heard in my entire life that's it stunning. just has such beautiful meaning it's That's literally, a tattoo lyric. It is yeah. on my list for my tattoos that I would love That's to have. That's incredible. <laughs> my gosh, if you ever need a lyrical tattoo, just Honestly. look up any of Yungi's. <laughs> yeah, please do. And just to mention with this latest album, D-Day, the album just flows so well from start to finish, but also finish to start again. So the last song is Life Goes On, and he talks about things and relationships fall apart, but life goes on, and then it loops back to D-Day where he's saying... Future's gonna be okay. I look in the mirror and I see no pain. So I just feel like he did a beautiful job of like just really encompassing all these emotions and kind of, it's in my opinion, kind of like a rebirth album. I love that for him. Honestly, I feel like that is very much who he is as a mm -hmm. person. So that's because like throughout the years, I haven't known BTS for super long, but you can tell that he's grown and changed and has been almost reborn in a way. So that's really cool that he's incorporated that so personally into his albums. Mm -hmm. And now through his albums, there is a slight lore to it, I guess oh, you could say. there has to be. After those music videos? They're so stunning. But in the first one, August D., it is very, it comes from a very like angry and rage filled place, it seems. It's more talking about his want for success and it can come off in a more greedy way. And in Dejota, we see that he gets that. So you see the contrast between the humble villager, brunette Augusty, and the king, which is like the blonde, long haired Augusty. Complete polar opposites. And he's just kind of making the note that you need to know that the things you're wanting is going to make us dark and it isn't going to ever be enough. And you need to kind of like be proud of your roots, 
very much giving remember who you are in Lion King. Right, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's cool. It's like what he wanted wasn't yes. actually what he wanted. Like he was able to almost mm-hmm. see that's the direction of his heading and then cut it off. And so at the end of the music video, spoiler, brunette Augusty ends the blonde Augusty. And in this album, which is D2, he's basically realizing the weight of the success that he's gotten. And it's not as glamorous as he expected. And he basically become his own enemy with putting all of these things like the fame, glory, all that on a pedestal, which was represented by blonde King Tyrant here. Right. <laughs> and then we move on to Hagum, which possibly the final chapter within this like little Augusty storyline. I don't actually know. Like a lot of people on Twitter were saying it's very much like a trilogy, mm. which is possible. Yeah, it kind of felt like a conclusion, but there was a lot of stuff that you could expand on. I think so too. So in this one, he's kind of taking that even further with you need to remember the difference between freedom and self-indulgence. So we again have two versions of August D in this music video. We have the one brunette August D from Detroita. And now this new one who does not have the iconic scar that we've grown to love, you know? (laughs) And so the new one is the sign of freedom, whereas the previous is that self-indulgent one where he thought he was bettering himself by ending off the tyrant version of himself, but it's still very much there inside of him. And I'm not sure if any of you watch Knox Hill on YouTube. He's absolutely incredible. I highly recommend him. We watch his videos a Mm -hmm. lot. (laughs) He doesn't always react to K-pop, but he really does amazing deep dives. He's a rapper himself. And so I love watching people's commentary on K-pop that have a different background within music or just a different viewpoint. He really just dives so well into these lyrics and literally every aspect and finds things that I would never even think of. Oh yeah, there were stuff he brought up i literally would have never no. thought of it. and i'm so glad he was able to pick that out because i was learning it's like he'll even like pay attention to the visuals while listening to things like in the background like sound wise percussion all of that he can pick up on anything he talks about like the flows and cadences of people's voices and then he'll dive into the lyrics and even though like it's in korean and sometimes translations aren't perfect when you're watching videos he picks up on every little thing and he's like okay this means this and i didn't even think of that or he'll be like, okay, culturally, this could mean that. And he understands that there might be like a cultural like blockage there with not understanding like the deeper meaning of a song. But he always like just takes it there and really tries to understand. So with this one, with Hagem, he was talking about how Hagem is a two string instrument. And like he was very, t- he was taking it very little with like the two strings. So the one string can be exactly what it is, the instrument while the other string is this new Higgum, which Yungi continuously says throughout the song, like this is a new kind of Higgum. So those two strings, along with the other option that could possibly be like the splitting off between the freedom side of yourself and the self-indulgent side. So just really finding a meaning within connecting the instrument itself and like the meaning of the song. I love how there's so much it could mean. Like there's so much up for interpretation and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. I'm very curious what the actual meaning for Yoongi himself is. I know. Because it's so fun hearing about all these theories and interpretations and stuff. I'm curious. It's like this one's kind of more like questioning and like judging the world today. We're overtaken by like social media or like capitalism and just feeling like you have to confirm form to like what is expected of you but he wants that freedom but like where's the line of freedom and self-indulgent 
but he once again ends the more greedy version of himself and I feel like once again he's freeing himself and growing again so D-Day very much to me feels like he's fully becoming who he is this is the complete real August D and there's a lot of theories on Twitter with the robe in Detroit and the bomber jacket in Hegem. So Blonde King was wearing a robe that had a dragon with four claws. Typically in that time period, kings had a dragon with five claws. Oh. Like status-wise, like that was what they were known to wear. But Augusty in Hegem, he's the one that was wearing a bomber jacket with the five-clawed dragon. So he's like a fake king. He was like the basically, false one. Yeah. yeah, basically that's what people are interpreting that as. Like oh, that's, that's another cool. false version of himself, not the full Augusty. So that means the one that we just saw like in Hegem that's his true self. Like, that's the king wow. version of himself. He had these details planned out for years. Honestly. Oh my gosh. And another song off of this album that I feel like really just ties this entire, like, trilogy lore story together is Snooze. He basically is saying, like, this road looks flowery, but it's thorny. There's going to be hardships. It's going to be just a lot of trials, but your success will also be your leash and shackle. Ooh. So talking about how Dejota Yungi was, that's very much that leash and shackle on him. And just kind of remembering through this thorny path, remember the people or like things. Well, it says, remember those who scattered flowers on the road. So that I took that as like people or things like along the way that were good. Kind of remember those, remember your roots and don't let yourself be shackled by all these things that you're wanting and think that will make you successful. Think that, yeah, you know. I love that he is talking to not only us like day-to-day people but he's also talking to people in his industry of like hey this is a rough path to be taking but like remember there's a lot of good that comes from it too like yeah it's it's hard but there's people that make it worth it and there's things that make it worth it so that's kind of cool to get again another interpretive thing exactly he's just so good at reaching so many people Mm. in the most beautiful way i feel like after this album released we were just watching the music videos and going through the different songs. This man is literally K-pop. Oh, 100%. And film producer to his list of skills because Honestly, those please. music videos <laughs> alone are the most cinematically beautiful things I have seen. There's just thought put into every little detail, yeah. every little thing in the background. Like So much creativity is put into these projects. And a little side fun note, there was a Joker reference at the end of this music video and that checks off two out of three of my top biases having a joker reference people need to know you're a huge joker fan i am so that's like a that's a big thing right there that's kind of just like it's funny (laughs) coincidental that two of your three top biases Mm -hmm. have made joker references (laughs) yeah like that's like a comfort character of mine don't know why he is but he just is and so i love that like my ult is referencing my comfort character it all makes sense he doesn't know he's doing this right but... right right but in the grand scheme of things all of the the dots what? are dotting all, all of the t's are, are crossing <laughs> and after so this album kind of came out of nowhere he randomly announced hey i'm going on tour that it was so out of the blue it was before he had released the album we were like what what do you mean you're going on so i'm like i'm fine with you touring with your old songs but this is like really random sir but then of course before the tour started he released this album so i'm just so beyond jealous of everyone who's been able to go to these shows like just to have again we literally just went through like all these lyrics and all the deep meanings and everything like to hear him live like that i might be crying now (laughs) yeah 
to hear him live like that with all the stuff that has had some so much meaning to me like i don't know i feel like you just go to these concerts and sometimes songs really connect with you (laughs) (laughs) songs really connect with you but like this one i i do hate that i I couldn't go because it would just would have like meant (laughs) not the voice crack it just would have meant so much to hear these songs that i've like really connected with and found comfort in and to see the person that I look up to and like have again it's one of those things like they never know I'm so sorry people no, it's they never it's... know how much they mean to you and it just would have been incredible to see him live yeah eh. it was just such a it unfortunate was time. terrible yeah. timing but it yeah. was terrible timing it just like would not have worked out but hopefully one day not hopefully one day we will be there yes one day <laughs> yeah one day there we will be at the uni concert yeah <laughs> But ignore me crying. Happy fun things that I'm more jealous about that happened on tour was he had Max and Halsey come on his recent stages, like which is so 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 cool. Like I didn't even like expect this at all. People were kind of hoping Jim had attended one of his concerts, and people were hoping they're like, oh my gosh, they're gonna do Tony Montana again. (laughs) I wish I would have (laughs) done. I didn't even expect anyone else to go to these tours and like right. perform with him but to have max go on stage and perform burn it like i was freaking oh, out over those yeah, videos the amazing. second they released and then halsey came on and they did sugar's interlude stunning like yeah. i just like love their friendship oh yeah Ugh. i am so impressed that not only is he selling out these stadiums that bts themselves sold out he by himself is selling out these stadiums Honestly. and he's bringing these people on stage with him and he's doing absolutely incredible at just commanding a stage yeah, alone exactly and it just seems like everyone like is having so much fun during these shows like there's just like this whole joke going around with everyone attending about like needing or like wanting a samsung <laughs> because he goes out to the crowd and will like grab people's phones and record a bit he's like looking and searching so hard for a samsung and he's like iphone no iphone no iphone only samsung <laughs> he said, i have a brand deal i've got and literally he's a galaxy only girls and i'm like oh my gosh this one person this army ended up taking a photo of a samsung and taping it to the back of her phone so it looked like a samsung. the funniest thing didn't he end up taking the yes, phone too he did he took it he's like what is this he's like he's like are you serious I'm like yes we are serious like take our phone please it is so funny uh, i remember another thing you recently showed me is that k-pop fans have this thing they bark during concerts yeah. and i remember the fans were going crazy barking and he said something along the lines of are you guys must be trained yeah. or something like that first of all dead but then probably in another show i'm not 100 percent sure the fans went from barking to meowing i have never first i've never heard ever but i've never heard a huge crowd of people change from barking to meowing mm-hmm. i've never heard meows literally doing a concert but he's before. the perfect one to do it too oh yeah this is a little emoji if you didn't know his representative emoji is a cat so yeah. that was just hilarious i want that to be more of a thing I can know. we please start meowing like, we at need concerts to, like, we need to pick certain groups like they give cat energy like we yeah meow at them that's so funny <laughs> so funny that's so hilarious the night that jimin attended the concert they went and did a live together, and that was literally their first live stream, just the two of them together, ever. You're you're kidding. And After they've been all in a group years. together. 
That's wild. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 years. And this is the first time they've ever done a live just them. That's crazy. Like, I had to go back and double check because I was like, there's no way. And everyone yeah. was like, this is the first time. First time. Yunmin. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Look at them. New things even 10 years later. Honestly. I loved Yoongi before, but I definitely have learned so much from this podcast episode about him. He's such an incredible person, and I totally understand why he's your old bias now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like there is so much complexity that goes into an old bias, and it's interesting because sometimes you can't place exactly why they're an old bias, but, you know, as earlier, I mean, from this the first time we recorded this and the second time, like, there's certain things that really hit you so deeply and emotionally mm-hmm. that you become so attached to these people and they're so comforting for you. And I know recently we were, shame on us, but we went <laughs> through, we have this thing, we call them borderline alt biases because they're people that we consider another alt bias. To be completely honest, stay tuned for an episode coming up talking about borderline alt biases. But there was a second where we were like, wow, are these people going to take over our alt bias spot? I know, and I was scared. I'm like, how dare I replace Yoongi? But I was just like, I mean, I still do like just have so much love for this other like alt. Right. But then, you know, I was I was struggling here. I was like, when I was going through this episode and like writing everything down and making our little outline, I'm like, I know deep down there's so many reasons why I love him and why he's my old. But when you like write it down, like you're about to talk about it, like I can't give you just like one reason. I can't like say it. But then we recorded this and I started crying the first time we recorded and then had to re-record like half of this and I cried again at a completely different spot, like not even the same spot at all, like way later. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's my freaking sign right there that I'm like, have such a deep connection. I'm like crying over the comfort someone brings me and like the way they make me feel seen, you know? Yeah, if that's not an old bias, I don't know what is. Yeah. (laughs) That is the definition of an old bias, if any of you were curious. (laughs) And I can honestly go on about all the cute or funny things he's done throughout the years. Those are so easy to find, like videos of like cute Yoongi moments or why this person should be your old and they're fun. But I really just wanted this episode and like me talking about him, the focus to be on his lyricism because having someone put into words so beautifully the way that you feel when you don't really even want to speak for yourself and feel completely heard by that is the most comforting thing I could ask for. And that's why he's my old bias. I get it. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. I always loved Yoongi. I loved his music, but I under I get it now. Everyone, I get it. Everyone get on board. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are going to sign off today with our song of the moment, which is Creature by Elast. We recently just saw them in concert, and so this song is heavily on our brain right now. Can't stop watching our videos from the concert. 100%. Just been on repeat. I am keeping my mouth shut because otherwise I will explode into a ramble about this. Make sure you stay tuned for our LS concert review coming up soon, where we deep dive into this whole experience. It was incredible, and Creature by LS is probably one of my favorite songs by them. So definitely go check it out. As always, you can find us on any social media platform, including Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at The Lunapod. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Luna Podcast, where you can get up-to-date information on podcast releases as well as behind-the-scenes fun. We post all sorts of content on our social media, so definitely make sure to follow us and check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.